Hello, how you doing? Welcome to Doctor Who's line, is it anyway? Oh, yes, where everything is made up and neither script nor canon matters. Oh, yes, oh, oh, no, no, I always find that the script matters a great deal. Oh, yes, we'd have a listen. Oh, there I love <laughs> Hello, and welcome back to Doctor Who's Line, is it? Anyway, this time we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going away from our regular scheduled programmes, and we're going to have an episode, where, or two episodes in fact, where we meet some of the cast members who we didn't get a chance to speak to when we did our first introduction, basically because they weren't with us at the time. So this is a chance for you to meet Derek, Robin, Kerry, Drew and Pinky, all of whom have joined us over the last few months. Uh, You'll have heard their voices on numerous podcasts by now. We've split this one into two, as I say, because there's quite a few people and there was uh, too much going on to actually fit into one episode, so we're keeping them shorter as a result of this. So we had a little chat, I asked them a few questions, and this is the first part of it, so I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so let's come to you first, Derek, as you were the first one on board of everybody here, (laughs) apart from me, obviously. Um, Obviously. Okay, so how did you get to hear about the podcast in the first place, and what were your thoughts when when you were invited to join in? Um, I learned of the podcast through uh, Sue and Randy Cook, with whom I, I work with on the Dettersons. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they were telling me about the, the Doctor Whose Line Is It Anyway podcast. And I thought it sounded like fun. I, I, I knew the game from the show Whose Line Is It Anyway. Yep. And I thought this would be a great opportunity. Now, I wasn't very versed in Doctor Who. I, I, I started what? watching during uh. the Eccleston era. But I, it's, it has given me a chance to go back and watch the older stuff, the Hartnell, the Davidson, uh, the Baker episodes. So, yeah, I, I missed them as a kid because we just didn't get Doctor Who where I was living. I knew of it, but that's about it. So it, it's really given me a chance to really appreciate Doctor Who and, and especially the earlier stuff. So, yeah, I, I thank uh, Sue and Randy for uh, for bringing me on. And when I first started, um, I started listening first. I, I remember we were doing the garlics. Oh, and, yeah, And uh, right. I think we did the first episode... And I listened in, and then the second episode, I was I was in it. So, and uh, that's how I got started. Cool. Well, I first heard about it through Jenny Shirt because she and I are friends on, through Facebook. Yes. And she had posted something about it, and I just and I responded, "Gee, that sounds like a lot of fun." And she said, "Well, you should contact Miles and get involved." And so I did because it it, it just sounded like a lot of fun. I'm familiar with the Drew Carey's who in a, you know U.S. Whose line is it anyway? And I've even seen that show. I went actually and saw his show live when he played in Salt Lake a few years ago. Cool. And I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm pretty good at making stuff up, so <laughs> what not? Yeah, excellent, excellent. And uh, Kerry, what about you? Yes. Um, to be honest, I can't really remember. I would assume... Is this alcohol-related? That it was through no, sadly not. Um, I would assume it was probably through the local Doctor Who group 
that I was a member oh, of. Oh, the Torbay Tardis Travellers. And I must have, that's the yes. one, much disbanded now, but <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. Is that a bit weird? Uh, Honestly, can't remember. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Clearly a significant <laughs> moment in your life. <laughs> very significant. Very. I do remember thinking, oh, Ryan Stiles. I fancied Ryan Stiles. I can do what he did. He was, um, whose line is it anyway? Yes. Off the teddy, man. Yeah, yes. I can take do what he did. And that's that's that really. Yes. Give it a go. Ryan Styles is yes. is amazing at doing this. He, he and Colin Mockery um, were the two guys. Oh who, my god! Who together, yeah. Just stood out because obviously we, whose lines it anyway, started in the UK and ran for many seasons before eventually being taken over to the states and, and becoming way more successful over there. As in, because it's still running. It it stopped running here some some time ago. But you do still get some of the original participants from from our version yeah. over here, which were obviously the the American and Canadian actors uh, and, and improvisers, uh, Brad Sherwood, um, Mike <coughs> McShane, obviously, who was one of the, the mainstays to start with, and then you occasionally get people like Josie Lawrence appearing over there, I believe. She still steps in occasionally. Yeah, I think so. But, yeah, it was good. Mike McShane, ironically, is, he's on my Facebook list, and I have asked him if he'd, if he'd join in, <laughs> which would be mental if we could get him at some point. But That'd be cool. And, Drew, what about you? So I first heard about it on Facebook. Cat had posted something about it, and uh, these are two things that I love very much, which is improv and Doctor Who. And so I thought, oh... I'm a podcast whore. I need to be a part of this. And so I sent Kat a message and said, hey, can I be a part of this? And she's like, yeah. And then then you got in touch with me. So that, it was really simple, right? Apparently the only qualifications that I really needed, apart from trying to wow you, is the ability to stay awake between 2 a.m. and 4 a.m. <laughs> because I yeah. drew the short straw when it came to the international... Uh, time zones. Oh, yeah. oh, we all drew the short straw. <laughs> Try it seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, you've just woken up. I just wanted to add that, yeah, two in the morning, you know, sometimes we're not on our improv game, and there are a lot of dead spaces which we have to go back and fill in. But it doesn't really happen often. Um, not much. Just every once in a while. Yeah. And um, Pinky, you, you came to us slightly differently, didn't you? Uh, yeah, so I heard about it through Verity, obviously Cat talking about it, and I really wanted to join, but I wasn't on Facebook at the time, and I was trying to keep up via Twitter, and that just wasn't working. So, yeah, you you, you broke me and made me rejoin Facebook. <laughs> I broke you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you made me rejoin Facebook. Now I had to, like, rejoin. But yes. So I finally managed to make it onto the show, and we. Yeah, so you you came in as a listener. Yes, yes, because obviously I was listening from the start as we were going along, and and I already kind of wanted to do it anyway. I don't, I've never done improv before, um, but I love his line, and obviously I quite like Doctor Who. Um, yeah. So yeah, like two of my favourite things. Yeah, I'll give it a go. But with the amount of time that I spent fannying around going oh, I don't really want to join Facebook I'd obviously listened to quite a few episodes <laughs> at that point quite a few yes <laughs> <laughs> so what did so what did you think of it then when you heard it was it what you expected from what you'd heard on Verity or was it was it better um... was it worse was it just bizarre <laughs> <laughs> all of the above <laughs> maybe 
<laughs> it was no, it was pretty much what I was expecting. I think, uh, having watched quite a, a lot of the actual like, whose line is it anyway, I knew that it was going to be very random. And yes, it was very random, which I love. It was very very <laughs> random in the early in the early stages. Yes. Did, yeah. did, did you notice um, a progression or an improvement as things went on? Because obviously we were finding our feet back in the early days and we all kind of felt that we were getting better at doing yes. it and we there yeah. was, began to be more structure to what we were doing yeah but it's very difficult to tell from the inside it's you, you which is why we always ask people for feedback which we ironically never get <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've stopped giving feedback now that i'm <laughs> yes, I know. the one the one side of feedback that we got we don't get now because you're part of us um, <laughs> so sorry about um, that. <laughs> so yes any, anybody out there listening yes. if you if you if you could send some feedback please we would really yeah, please really like feedback. yes we're artists we crave feedback uh, to be fair we do get the occasional comment but yeah. it really is the occasional comment and it's all been very positive Whee. yeah so so what uh, what what changes did you notice then from you know from when it started to to just before when you joined there was um definitely uh, it felt more cohesive yeah yeah i agree with that uh, and as if people were feeling a lot more comfortable with what they were doing yeah that that would make sense and it yeah, it really came across in in the episodes. You see, I th- I think from obviously from from the inside that that where we managed to improve was was one was obviously we became familiar with what we were doing and the format and the whole talking across people thing, which we we naturally had a little bit to begin with. Um, yeah. But also with the sort of the the post recording side of things, with the the editing, uh, with the effects, with the music. Mm. I, I I really think that's that's clicked in now. I I mean, when I look back to the early episodes and think how many sound effects and things that that you know I put in, which was a lot, probably the bare minimum. And and now I'm looking yeah, for yeah. every little thing on the screen. <laughs> that, oh, that's a door there. Oh, I could have a thump there. Oh, I could have a I could have a slap <laughs> heavy there. Thump and a which heavy are the, slap. Which the standards, the the, the the staple sound effects that seem to fit with everything. I have, um, yeah. I did decide quite early on that it was sensible to cut the different types of sound effect yeah. down <clears> to <throat> the bare minimum. So basically, when somebody yeah. jumps and lands or runs into something or puts something down it is always the same sound <laughs> that that sort of yeah. slamming something down sound which i think is quite funny yeah. because it's, it's the, the most gentle thing or the heaviest thing is exactly the same sound effect it's so. always the same yeah yeah um right okay yeah, yeah. Um, no i was just, just going to agree with you on the post production stuff it, it, there is I mean, I mean, we know how much time you put into it. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think even you know how much time I put into it. Really. <laughs> so, like, behind the scenes. Do we? Do we really? <laughs> <laughs> He's editing it as we speak. When, when you when you when you go to when you go to bed at night and and your wife settles down and you then spend the next two to three hours <laughs> <laughs> desperately trying to stay awake and do things because you need to get it done. Need it's not ideal, but hey ho. No. Right. <clears throat> um, anyway. Yes. So so that's how you all heard about the podcast and and, and got involved. So what? Uh, let, let's let's just. just uh, 
talk a little bit about about your Doctor Who history each. We heard how Derek found out about Doctor Who and what his Doctor Who history was. So when did you when did you each get to start watching the show or or get to the point where you thought you know this was such a wonderful thing that you wanted to be more involved in it? Let's let's Robin? let's come to Rob. Let's, let's come to <laughs> Robin. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I was first introduced to Doctor Who back in 1981 on a rainy Saturday afternoon. The weather was miserable, so we couldn't go out and ride horses. And this is back in the day before satellite TV and cable. So yeah, I'm old. <laughs> and I'm flipping through the channels on this rainy Saturday afternoon, and we basically have three channels and public broadcasting. And I came across this weird sci-fi show with this real tall guy with a long, goofy scarf and curly hair and big teeth. And I'm like, what the hell is this? And I thought it was fascinating. And it, and I was instantly hooked. But I started watching Doctor Who back in, like I said, in the early 80s. And I've always been a nerd girl. I mean, I was a nerd girl before it was cool. You know, back in the day, back in those days, girls weren't expected to be nerdy and watch sci-fi. And, you know, you basically painted a target on your back if you did and you admitted it. So it was one of those things that we kind of kept into the closet. And then after I saw, I, I, so I, you know, stuck through the, through the whole show, through the regenerations of Baker and Davison and Colin Baker and, you know, up to Sylvester McCoy. And I introduced my late husband to Doctor Who when the TV movie was released. And I made the effort to make sure that I videotaped that. And so I, st- I still have that original recording somewhere in my house. And of course, that was a re- it was an attempt to relaunch Doctor Who to a broader American audience that it ultimately never got off the ground. And there's um, you know been a, lo- a world of debate about that. And I'm not really gonna go and beat that horse over again. People can, people who are interested can go track down the history and so forth. But I rediscovered Doctor Who in 2009, a few months after my husband passed away. I was flipping through the channels and I stumbled across BBC America. And it was way late in the night, like two o'clock in the morning, and I came across one of Chris Eccleston's episodes. And it's like Doctor Who, and I'm like, wait a minute, I remember that show. And I stopped to watch it, and at that time, it was one of those things that provided that little bit of escapism Mm. that I needed, because I was dealing with so many negative things in my life at that time. Yeah, You know, I'm trying to hold it together. My son was only six years old. I'm trying to hold my life together after my husband passed away, and that was my escape. And it became something that I really looked forward to every once, you know, every Saturday night. And that's when I just kind of stuck with it. It's been interesting. It's been fun. It's been quite a journey, you know, so. Yes, and something clearly that, you know, acted as a comfort for you at a time when you needed it. Oh, yeah. Big time. It's astonishing, isn't it, for for a show which, for 26 years, didn't really have much in the line of what you'd call emotional content. Certainly not when you consider the old series to the new series. Yet it's touched so many people's lives and affected them, so many people emotionally. It's quite an astonishing thing, really. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, as, just as a matter of interest, my first Doctor Who episode that I videoed would have been Kinder, I believe. Wow. 
um, from when it was repeated because we did occasionally get repeats in the UK in the Tom Baker years they tended to repeat two stories later on in the year and that was it most most stories you know came and were transmitted and that's it they were never seen again but you would get a couple of stories that would get repeated later on in the year and Kinder was one of them so that would have been 1982 which obviously is quite early in in um, Ooh, for, for for videos, we were um, we weren't the first one of yeah. the first people on board by any stretch of the imagination. But I would imagine that there would have been people who would have had videos who could potentially have uh, recorded Tom Baker's last series, and and obviously that would have led into the Five Faces of Doctor Who when that was transmitted. So there could have been people who actually had uh, videos of uh, an unearthly child and the Crotons and the Three Doctors. Uh, right, yes. So, uh, Kerry, what about you? How did you how did you stumble across Doctor Who, and and when did you consider that you became a a devotee? Um, from the first episode I watched, obviously, um, <laughs> two thousand, <laughs> um, two thousand and five. Um, Christopher Eccleston, Rose. Basically, I had a friend who, by pure chance, had also moved to Torquay from just outside of London, and she was a very good friend at the time. Um, but she used to get quite bizarre obsessions with things <laughs> and usually uh, these things were crazy like stalking James May from Top Gear crazy <laughs> and I'd tag along and we'd, we'd, we'd you know and then one day she came round and said right Doctor Who's back on Doctor Who's back on oh my god it's on and I thought oh god here we go I'm going to have to deal with this I've never seen it never even really thought about it or heard of it it's yet another one of these crazy obsessions that I'm going to have to live with. And so she set up a party for the very first episode in my house. It was me, her and my children, because we didn't know anyone else. Oh. Um, my children at the time being, what, two and five or something. Ideal Doctor Who. And <laughs> she made this bizarre TARDIS cake and it's all these <laughs> things I've never seen before. So, okay, fine. And we sat there and I thought, oh my God, this is actually good. And then I was hooked from that second on, and we we did odd things like got ourselves some Dalek costumes and would walk around the streets in them. <laughs> As a mother in my twenties, and then she moved back to London um, and left me here. And then I had to, oh. I know, I had to deal with being a dog too fan all on my own. So oh, that's when I mean. got involved with. Yeah, it's it's a sad thing. Uh, I got involved with like local groups and things and found lots of friends and actually a bit of a social life from it because at one point I was quite reclusive. Once you moved back I was left without too many friends and it was a good way to meet new people and make new friends which I've done and it's yeah it's been very social for me. Excellent, excellent, brilliant. Oh did you, um, yes so you obviously your first episode was Rose. It was. Yeah. Robin can you remember what your first episode was? Uh, Genesis of the Daleks. Oh, what a way to start. <laughs> what a way to start. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I can't actually tell you what my first episode was. The first episode that I can remember is the Sea Devils. I do remember bits of the Sea Devils, but my, my memory definitely clarifies when it comes to the Three Doctors onwards. That's when I, I really begin to sort of remember watching the show. So... Yeah, 72, 73 for me. When I was seven years old, my babysitter showed me Doctor Who, and it scared me, so I did not watch it anymore. But it intrigued me enough that I went looking for it in the comic book store, because I knew that Marvel Comics had, had published a couple of years before 
uh, a series of run, and I, I knew what to look for, so I found all the Tom Baker episodes. My very first quote-unquote episode or story of Doctor Who is The Star Beast oh. uh, with Beep the Meep, Meep and Sharon Davis as the companion. So uh, for me, Tom Baker, Sharon, and K-9 are my initial Doctor Who team. Wow. Uh, and then I, I didn't watch it a single episode, like not a single episode until 1996 when the movie came out because I grew up in the States. No one in my town knew what Doctor Who was. Just nobody. At least no one talked about it to me. So even when it came on PBS, I would skip past it. You know, occasionally I watched Red Dwarf or, but I I, I never watched Doctor Who. It just didn't, it just never clicked with me. Uh, But the 96 movie came out. I enjoyed it. I wanted to learn more. I got a couple of books. I started reading up about it. And then when the show came back in 2005, I didn't watch it for a year because I didn't have a DVD player and I didn't have cable. And so once Series 1 came out on DVD, I watched it and I loved it. And then I waited a year until Series 2 came out on DVD and then I watched it and I loved it and and so on and so forth because I I just didn't have cable to watch it. I'm not tech savvy. I don't have really good internet skills. So illegally downloading it just is not a thing that happened. I never had the sci-fi station. So... No, we don't talk about that. It wasn't until the end of Tenet's run that I had a reliable source, which is a group of friends who liked watching Doctor Who. So I would come and I would watch it with them either the day of or the day after. And I I became obsessed, just obsessed. (laughs) And when we moved to Greensboro, which is the town I live in now... Um, I had st- I wanted to understand Doctor Who. That, that's how my fandom works. If I get into something, I get into something. I want to research it. So I started watching it from Nerd. Unearthly Child all the way up to the new series. So I wanted to watch every episode that was available to me. And about halfway through Baker's run, I went to a small college convention and got into a conversation about Doctor Who with a group who had a podcast or a video series called Galfrey Pirate Radio. And they asked me if I wanted to be on a panel. I was on the panel. I impressed them enough that they asked me to be on the show. Uh-huh. And 200 or so episodes later, I started going to conventions and celebrating the 50th and being a part of regular podcasting. And it sort of opened the door. I started going to <coughs> Doctor Who specific conventions and being a guest and interviewing yeah. people. And now it is a part of my life that I cannot escape. Hey. Fantastic. Hey. Pinky, what about you? Well, I can't. I, I I couldn't tell you what the first episode I saw was, but I have very clear memories of Remembrance of the Daleks. Certain little scenes in that. A good one to have remembrances of. Yes, yes. Um, and I think it had a lasting effect on my life. <laughs> Uh, I uh, I was the only one in the house that liked Doctor Who which was a bit disappointing so I would sometimes lose the battle for the TV remote and wouldn't always get to watch it which was a shame Uh, and of course that was in the the days when it was up against Coronation Street yes thankfully Corrie wasn't that popular in in our house though for some reason all of the other soaps were I don't know why (laughs) I had to watch them all (laughs) And what about the the, uh, um, the fan aspect? When did you when did you start getting involved with that? Yeah, the well, I kind of the the movie sort of skipped me by. Um, I didn't watch it until a lot later because I was off busy being uncle <laughs> somewhere else. As soon as I heard it was coming back, I was literally jumping up and down. Who's getting up? Sorry, <laughs> get jumping Sorry, up and down and, be. and beeping. <laughs> That would be my, well, my son's alarm, ah. sorry. <laughs> ah, 
Morning. I've snoozed it. Now I've got to work out how to turn it off. Sorry. Right. Oh. oh no, I've kicked him out of his bedroom. He's not in here. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Um. Oh yes, yeah. I was very, very excited that it was coming back, and I was jumping up and down, and, and most of my friends didn't understand why I was so excited. Uh, but at that point, I still wasn't a part of any, certainly not Doctor Who forums. I was part of other fandom things, but I hadn't, I hadn't found my Doctor Who crowd at that point. Since the show's come back, I've just kind of slowly found more and more people around me and online. The the online thing has has absolutely revolutionised yes. Doctor Who Completely. fandom, I think. Yeah. I mean, back, yeah. in, back in the early days, before the internet, back in the day, um, <laughs> I think the way that people sort of came across fandom was quite individual. Yeah. It was a case of you either had friends who were already fans... Which I didn't. Or you, you would occasionally meet people at school or at work... Yeah. Who might talk about it? And if you were very lucky, then you lived somewhere where there were already a group of people. Yeah. Um, you know who'd who'd got together, and you were able to to join that, or possibly even through fanzines. I think some fanzines actually, you know, came as offshoots of of, of groups. I know there was a group mm. in the Midlands uh, called the Hunatics, still still going now, as more as an online presence, obviously. Yeah, they were they were like an alternative to the Doctor Who Appreciation Society and they seemed a little more, a little less formal and a little more fun based and yeah and I'd started a, a a group down here and we became one of their local sector groups so that sort of got us into the fold from that and I obviously got to know a few oh, people cool. from that and of course conventions which you know wasn't something that yes. that was around in the 70s but I su- yes it did I suppose it, it it started around the late 70s really conventions and I didn't start going to like Doctor Who or any sci-fi conventions until the 50th anniversary and I mm. went to the big BBC oh, nice. Sudar, um which was fantastic I and then imagine. since then I've been going to more and more conventions and a lot of them Doctor Who yeah, it was back in the in the seventies. It, it it was a, quite a lonely thing, really, being a Doctor Who fan, mm-hmm. unless you had people you know that that you knew at, at school or at work or whatever that you could talk to about it. Then you you just tended to watch the show, yeah, and and that was it. And then you you'd collect the target books or the annuals or the you know the comics or the Doctor Who magazine or whatever. And that was kind of the extent of your being a fan, really. Yeah. It's become a much, much, much more social thing. Yes, thankfully. And the fact that it's enabled us to do something like this, where we've got people from all different parts of the world, not only listening, but actually being part of the the podcast. The fact that we can record something, you know, in in Canada, America and the UK at the same time. Yes, (laughs) yes. It's it's really quite amazing. Mm, Yeah. Okay, so from, from what we've done so far... What are your individual favourite bits? So the Welsh accent. <laughs> yes, oh, I love your Welsh accent. It's great. It's just accents in general. I think are brilliant. Miles, you have a very good repertoire of accents. Yes, you do, Miles. Mine all come out the same. <laughs> I'm beginning to beginning to wonder how much further I can stretch this. <laughs> <laughs> Surely I can't have any more voices. Uh, I'll just have to start reusing them sometime soon. Oh, my accents are terrible. Think... Uh, it's, it's it's all right. I don't think you need to do a lot of different voices. Um, obviously, if you're playing two or three different parts in the same story, then you need to be able to differentiate the voice. And sometimes we're left with no 
choice but to, to change the pitch or something on, on a voice just to try and make it sound different for somebody who can't do too many different voices but I think from story to story because every story is individual it doesn't matter if you sound like Jackie Tyler in one story and then in the next story you're playing a different character but you still sound the same for example which is just as well due to my lack of accent <laughs> I have two my own or Welsh <laughs> the Welsh is debatable let's be honest the Welsh is brilliant we need to get some more beetroot and I don't think they have that in the valleys the the classic example of that of course is Cat who started off playing Susan and then went into playing the 10th Doctor using exactly the same voice yes. as Susan so we, yeah. actually, we actually inserted a, a TARDIS announcement saying resetting vocal circuits to Susan just so that we could explain the fact that she sounded the same. We've given up on doing that now, obviously. We just do that. People don't know. <laughs> yeah, so Robin, you came in, I believe, your first one was the Christmas Invasion, wasn't it? My first one was Christmas Invasion, and... And it, it was yours as well, Kerry, I believe. Because yes, because you, you would have been, you would have been, you would have been Jackie, so... Uh, possibly, yes. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yeah, yeah. that was the one. was... <laughs> That that's yeah. going back uh, some some time now. And my first line was, "Well, those aliens could just go." <laughs> 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 and there's the first sensor bleep. Okay. <laughs> that was uh... Harriet Jones. That's a diplomatic thing to say. <laughs> Because the, the the newer stories are so much faster paced, and it's like, mm-hmm. and it was my first time to, first time recording with you all, so it was when Harriet Jones is actually, she's actually being interviewed on the TV, and I'm sitting there thinking, panicky, going, should I talk or shut up? Should I say something or not? <laughs> and instead, it's the scene is gone, and I'm like, oh, I think I should have said yeah, something. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember that. It was the uh, it was the news coverage, wasn't it? The, yeah, it was from, the from... and I was like vapor locked. And I go, oh my gosh, I think I should be saying something, but I can't think of anything to say. <laughs> yes, we got we got around that by simply having the sound down on the TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Until that point. And we've got yeah, so. so both of you actually, Robin and Kerry, both of you came in as a, a recurring character straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Which obviously... That showed you some faith in your part, didn't it? It's all right. These will be okay. (laughs) That showed us a lack of uh, available cast members. Hey, I was trying to make it sound friendly. Some of us are trying to sleep at two in the morning. But no, I mean... And so he lived to regret it. You've both done extremely well, I've, I've got to say. I remember when Derek started, he started in the Daleks, or the Garlics, as we called it, obviously, and somebody new comes in and you you don't know what they can do i mean we didn't know when we started what we could do you know i had a very minor dabbling in it, in uh, in improv just simply with, as a social thing from parties and some stuff that we did at uh, at the the local group back in the the 80, late 80s 90s um, Those famous improv parties <laughs> of the old days. I just found that the improv games, the, the stuff that they did on Whose Lines Anyway, was an ideal kind of thing to do at a party. It was it was fun. It was chaotic and it was mad and a lot of it didn't work. But, 
but sometimes you'd come out with something that would be really funny or somebody else would come up with something that would be really funny and it was like oh, yeah I like that the only one of us I think to start with who'd really done anything improv wise was Cat I know Sue's, Sue and Randy had done uh, had done acting so so that was that was something but Cat was and still is studying improv so she was in many ways the ideal person to get on board straight away because she brought that experience to it the rest of us were just making it up as we went along which is obviously what you do with improv naturally, <laughs> naturally. but when we were, we were literally we were, finding, improv improv. we were finding our feet and so we we had to take the lead characters because it was only us um, but obviously as people have come in people like Derek and you Pinky it's been a case of right we need to see what this person is capable of doing so they would get the the smaller roles just as a way of sort of feeling them in because the last thing you want to do obviously is to have somebody coming in and you immediately give them a main part and find that they actually can't do it which we've been very lucky we haven't actually had that yet but it is it's one of those things that's like ah what if this doesn't work because if one person in a story can't do it then it potentially ruins the entire story but like i say it's not a problem that we've had so far. Everyone who's who's contributed has come up with some gold, which leads me to my next question for each of you is, can you remember, apart from the Welsh accent, obviously, Kerry, can you remember um, something that you've done that you felt particularly pleased with? Hang on, with? hang on, you didn't ask me that question, the previous one. OK, answer the previous question. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Is it really oh, bad yes. that we're all sat here? Um. <laughs> it was about when, when you, when you started morning. on the podcast. What was your favourite bits on um, them? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. It was leading into the the you know the the, 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 yes. the favourite bits question. But cool. go on, then tell us about your first experience of being part of this madness. Well, I can't pin down in my memory the exact episode because there. I had a few occasions where there were um, difficulties with recording, so I know I joined for a few episodes, but we didn't actually record anything, so I can't actually remember, sorry. Yes, there, there's, there's a thing, that there's was worth a, it, wasn't it? There's a thing called the curse of Strictly, isn't there, which is <laughs> yeah. people who enter Strictly Come Dancing who end up being in relationships with other people in Strictly Come Dancing and therefore ruining their lives as a result of it. Um, <laughs> you've suffered the curse of Doctor Who's Lines anyway, which is turning up for a recording session only to find that somebody else hasn't and we weren't able to do yeah. it or we have technical yeah. issues or something happened and, I, and yeah. it was it was weeks of you actually to, to join was, yeah. before you were able to, <laughs> to actually record anything uh, because listeners trust us we don't manage to record <laughs> as often as we'd like to <laughs> and sometimes it's a little bit hand to mouth with, with getting stuff out on time as a result of that um, which is why we'd like more people really because mm -hmm. if we ever have a situation where somebody can't manage it if one of the, one of the regulars can't make it and we, we're supposed to be doing a story that they're playing a recurring character in obviously we can't then do that story so the more people we have on the cast list the more options it gives us for doing something else because we can pick another story, another era where we've got the regular cast that are in that story as part of the people who are recording that day 
and we can use anyone else then to play all the different parts and we've we started off with the early stories basically because the first episode only needed four people in it and we had we had <laughs> four people so um it was where we planned to start off anyway but it was very very sensible because those early episodes the cast list isn't that mm. great in number good save the the garlics obviously did uh, did in, introduce a lot of other people but we were able to get more people on board by that point and uh, and that's good but we've you know there's stories that we we've wanted to do and there's eras that we've wanted to start the John Pertwee era for example um but there's so many regular people that yeah. take part in the John Pertwee stories with the other parts as well and obviously we try to not have people playing two parts within the same scene as possible just simply because of the logistical problems with that so mm-hmm. there's a there's a spreadsheet which has got the roles that clash <laughs> on it, oh, cool. which <laughs> is very involved that's got to so be a huge spreadsheet character A <laughs> if you play for, for example um, the first Doctor, okay, which is obviously the the part that I ended up getting. Um, I can't then play Ian, Barbara, Vicky, Stephen, Dodo, Ben, Polly, the meddling monk. Can't play the second Doctor, the third Doctor, the fifth Doctor, the twelfth Doctor, <laughs> <laughs> because of stories that they're all involved involved in. Um, uh, and it and it goes on like that. So you've got to be very very careful with with the casting of parts and the more people that you've got the more you're able to spread the net the the net with the parts yeah. that people get cast have we cast pertwee yet we haven't cast pertwee yet because we're we're not really any closer to yeah, to getting yeah. to getting the era started um we we yeah. haven't started trouton because no. partly because there were so few stories um, and we've obviously we, we're trying to start each era with the beginning of that Doctor's tenure. Obviously, we've got Power yeah. of the Daleks, so it is something that we can do now. Now that the uh, the animated version has come out, um, but again, it's it's sort of working out who can who can play the part and yeah. who can play the other recurring parts that that don't that don't come in. Um, we're probably the next the next era that we will start. We'll, I would imagine would be um, the era of the Doctor that eats crisps. No, I was picking up a plastic bag because I. Ah. You, you're talking about starting the Trouton era, and I was out last week doing a little Christmas shopping, and I found a 50% off sale on DVDs, and I picked up The Moon Base and <gasps> Web of Fear. Merry freaking Christmas to me, baby! <laughs> so there's two more for you, Miles. Yay, great. Happy Christmas to you. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And that tells everybody when we're recording this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we... Well, yeah. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> we'll cut that bit. It's all right. It's all right. It doesn't, doesn't matter. <laughs> you let that cat out of the bag when we were Mark, talking Mark about your calendar. <laughs> At the very beginning. Before we started the podcast, yes. Okay, happy birthday to me. Happy spring. <laughs> happy anniversary. Hey, happy anniversary to the podcast. Happy Easter. Yeah. Happy Groundhog yeah. Day. <laughs> right, okay, so so going back to the, the question in hand then, which was of the bits that you've done 
each of you since you started what are you what are you the most pleased with what do you think worked the best what do you think ended up being the funniest let's start with you robin oh boy well, I didn't expect to turn Harriet Jones into an S and M bondage <laughs> matron, but um, that sort of worked, and it was pretty funny. I thought at the end, I enjoy playing Tegan. I think that Derek and I have a pretty good do- dynamic between my Tegan and his doctor. I think so too, Robin. You know, I think the bit that you asked me to do, do some fill-in bits when I did the impromptu shag, marry, or shoot episode in Kindle was kind of funny. If <laughs> you <laughs> get back to that one. Uh, That's the, um, the the bit inside Tegan's head. Is that what you're the, Yeah, when Tegan's having yeah. the conversation with herself. Yes. Yes. And uh, what, what, we, so. what we do get, listeners, sometimes is that they're there are bits occasionally that come up in the episodes which we get technical issues with. Someone might drop out of the Skype call or there might just simply be a, a, a dry up or something that, you know, somebody comes to the door, something happens that it, it stops the flow of the recording. And in those instances, we do have to either re-record lines or add lines to fill things out. Um, everything else is obviously completely off the cuff and, and even even the bits that we fill in are off the cuff they're not scripted oh yeah um but the, but obviously if you get the chance to to add lines or redo lines later it does give you a little bit of a chance to think about what you're doing and because it's not done in a live situation if you screw it up you can go back and redo it so if you listen carefully you can possibly pick out where some of those are but hopefully most of them will fit into what we're doing and, and make it sound like a like it's all part of the same thing and that little bit was just I didn't even know I was going to say that say it until I started saying it. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, that ought to work. <laughs> it's, so. it's surprising how many things have come up and caught us by surprise like that that have ended up being significant parts of episodes. I find it ironic too that in the times that in in the, in, the, in the couple of times that you've ca- that I've been cast as a guy playing the role of a man, I've had severe sore throat and a chest cold <laughs> so I have this really deep growling voice that sound completely unlike myself so there's a bit of irony in that I think obviously it's destiny yeah so Kerry what about you what uh, you know Welsh Welsh accent aside well I think there's a couple of moments for me that kind of stood out I think the, the day that I realised that actually I can do this was all down to Jackie I love playing Jackie she's brilliant <laughs> your Jackie is amazing <laughs> Oh, you. I'm glad you phoned. Where are my pink knickers? I'm looking everywhere. I found your red top. No pink knickers. Well, Now, I know you've taken them, and it's your new vegetarian diet. So, well, I don't know where you... Yeah, you've you've ruined them. You've ruined them with your vegetarian diet. My new knickers. My pink knickers. I bet you're wearing them. I bet you're wearing them now. You'll be stretching them out. They'll be disgusting. Oh, it's just... You've lost my pink knickers. Did you say that I was stretching those out for you, Mama? Of course you are. I'm thinner than you are. What? What? Are you saying that I have a fat ass? Yes, I'm saying you got a fat ass. <laughs> did you just stuff her? Did that? Pink knickers. That's definitely that. I think the flip going back to the Christmas invasion. I was just well, like Robin. You're like, am I meant to be speaking? What am I meant to be doing? I don't know what I'm doing here. And just developing that character through the episodes we've done, I think, has made my confidence grow. Mm. And 
therefore I think she's she's better for it. For a start, I know when I'm meant to be talking, which always helps. Yeah. But I think, I think, apart from Jackie, I think there was a moment, I think it was Sarah Jane Smith episode, I can't remember, it's the classic stuff, which I've never seen any of it that isn't our version. So I only have our versions of things in my head. <laughs> um, but I just remember one evening after we'd recorded on the Sunday... I was coming into my son's room because I record in his room and sometimes he's 17, sometimes he stays in here, sometimes he goes downstairs to the sofa. And he was obviously... I wondered for a second what you were going to say then. I'm recording his room <laughs> and he's 17, so... He's 17. Whoa, where's that going? Um, <laughs> but no, no, no. So he, he was in here talking to his friends like we are now on Skype and I just heard him go, oh my God, yeah, my mum, she's so annoying. Yeah, no, I'm tired because she was in here at like six and all she was shouting was, there's a giant poo! There's a giant poo! And I was like, oh God. Because he can only hear me. And I think that was just like this moment where I thought what was I saying and it just kept, I don't remember any of it after we've done it it's just yeah I can't remember the original no. question but <laughs> giant poos is the answer <laughs> uh, who knows <laughs> oh, love a teenager <laughs> uh, okay well okay compared to everybody else I've done only two parts I've been canine and I have been Jeff, a.k.a. the master. Jeff. And I love doing both. I think there's a little bit more leeway in comedy as far as the master is concerned. Yes. Because the master is, especially Ainley's master, is such a comical mustache twirler. <laughs> and I almost feel like I'm not even parodying him when I, <clears throat> when I do improv. Because all I do is I do a deep voice with Jeff. Yeah, yeah. Jeff is a bit clueless like any good, good <laughs> villain. Would you like to play games with Jeff? No. This is a game called Touch Jeff. <laughs> Actually, uh, as far as other bits of concern, I really like doing the intros. Oh, uh, wow. For the Davison era, uh, Miles, of course, you would send me these intros to read out, and I really enjoyed doing those. Um, good. Because it's fun. It's It's fun to... Uh, be an announcer and do that kind of thing. Announcing is something that I've I did for a little while on the radio. Oh, wow! I used to be a DJ for one hundred one point seven WKCQ, the home of rock and roll, <laughs> uh, which which goes along a little bit with my in, improv background, which is I worked with a troupe called the Oxymorons in Asheville, North Carolina, on and off for about eight years. Excellent. And then when I moved to Greensboro, we were Soylent Greensboro. <laughs> which I worked with and taught some classes for a very short period of time before kind of leaving them to their own devices. And I jumped on board with the idiot boxers or the, the, the comedians from the idiot box for a very short period of time before other programming and podcasting sort of got in the way. So improv has been a part of my life for like the last 15 years. And wow. so when this opportunity to do Dr. Who improv came up, I was like, yeah, got to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hooray. Um, hey. So yeah, Jeff, Jeff is great. I I like playing Jeff. We all love, we love Jeff. Uh, Jeff. an awful lot, and I look forward to a chance. You know, I when I was young, back in the day, I would watch the UK Who's Lines in Anyway. Yes. Uh, and I I remember watching Clive Anderson. Yeah. And I think I may have had a, a crush on uh, Josie Lawrence. We all did. And that was a big deal because watching people make this stuff up. You know, there's a beautiful thing about improv. When you do scripted theater. 
it needs to look as though yeah. you are being spontaneous. Yes, yes, good. You're making more. it up those lines on, on the spot. But when you're doing improv, yeah. a good improver makes it look like they the were scripted the entire time. The stuff yeah. that they are coming up with yeah. should be intelligent and witty. Oh, and watching <laughs> these folks on whose line come up with these, I just They're wanted to amazing. be as good as they are. We all do. And I am not. None of us are. <laughs> but I like trying, and I like trying with this group. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It is. All we can do is give it a go. I would have to say my favorite part of everything we've done so far is in Case of My Anus, and I forget <laughs> which episode, <laughs> where... Tony was laughing so hard. Oh yes, that yes, it yes. was just like everything stopped. <laughs> I know the piece. I know exactly the piece. And, he, and it was just listening to him just laughing. I thought that was the best part. And I remember, I was doing the lawyer. Yep. Um, and I was doing him with a lisp. And at <laughs> some point, Tony got me so off track with his laughing that I just started speaking in gibberish <laughs> and, which I think got him going even more and more and yeah. it was just yeah. such a great moment and I will always remember that one that was an awesome moment Derek I remember that vividly as well I was sitting on my couch trying not to laugh out loud but I had tears running down my face as I laughed and I was just shaking all over it was excellent I, I think we need. To, I think we need to remind ourselves <laughs> about this this moment. So let's just have a listen to the clip. I was going to say, I'm going to go watch it again. We are here to look for the big butt lube, so we can all be happy and go home. I have my wife waiting for me, so let's stand up and look for the lube. Oh, cream, do you have any? Yeah, uh, this is outrageous. The death of this man is this a plot by the defense to try to get this case thrown out, and I suspect that you suspect that in furthermore, I suspect that they have to do not what they and that's what I say they should be on trial. <laughs> And I'll have you know that I once tried out for the role of Superman. <laughs> but I did not get it. Well, that's all very good. Hold <laughs> <laughs> well, on, frankly, this is ridiculous. There's butt cream going waste in here. Yes, I need some myself now. I have the teach. Uh, <laughs> um, Pinky, I mean, obviously you're far more recent um, in, yeah. in in what you've done, so there's not so much to choose from for yourself. But but is there anything that particularly stands out for you and what you've done, or that you're particularly pleased with? I don't have any specific moments as yet because I still feel like I'm finding my way. But I'm definitely feeling a lot more comfortable with it, and um, like like Kerry was saying, like remembering to talk when it's my turn is really useful. Uh, but, yeah, uh, there's been a few moments when I've gone, oh shit, that was supposed to be me. But yes, I'm getting much less of that now, and and just feeling a lot more comfortable with it, which is really good. Really good. Yes. Uh, well, I think everybody has improved. 
since they started. Definitely, definitely. Um, and that's every one of us. Yeah. And and some of the bits that have have come out have really really worked. And that's my next question is is to each of you is which uh, which episodes or which parts of episodes do you think have absolutely stood out? Doesn't necessarily need to be something that you've done, but it might be something that one of the others has done. Uh, I love Kat's Adric. Oh. Her Adric is, is awesome. <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't there for the first recording, and then whatever episode it was that I was present for, and I hadn't heard any of it. I'm like, what is she doing? What is this third person thing? But it works so well. <laughs> oh, it's really good. So fun. And every time she refers to herself as Adric, oh. I'm stifling back the the chuckles. Well, yes, I I I struggle to even stifle them back, as people will know when they listen to it, because every time she speaks, you hear me chuckling away in the background. Yes, it doesn't seem to get any less funny. It just stays funny. It doesn't. It really doesn't. But yeah, that's. A... It's not just the fact that she's referring to herself in the third person all the time. It's the fact that there are moments when you can hear her going, um, and I. Adric thinks. Yes. <laughs> there was, there was one bit. Um, I think it was in Kinder. She started. She was going. I, 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 and and I'm playing Hindel, and I just went. We are going to do an episode of Blue Peter, and you will have to be Valerie Simpleton. Blimey! I, 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 I. Be careful how you say that. <laughs> Because <laughs> she's clearly she's about to use the first the first person pronoun. <laughs> uh, of course, the um, the story behind that, to those who aren't aware of it, is Matthew Waterhouse wrote an autobiography and for some reason just referred to himself in the third person the whole way through, which was quite bizarre. Really, he, yeah. he had his reasons for doing it, and you can read it perfectly fine as that. You just have to, I think, probably not think that it's him writing it. But that was the idea that once he'd done that, it's like, well, clearly Adric needs to refer to himself in the third person. And credit to Cat for keeping that going. <laughs> That's yeah, it's done a good job mm -hmm. on that. So what other what other bits? That can't be easy. No. Uh, and obviously, Pinky, for, for you, this could be as well not just the things that you the episodes that you've been involved in but the stuff that you've heard mm. from the from the episodes before you even started so i think well my sort of favorite overall has been uh listening to the the characters our our version of the characters developing and, and becoming more who they are like uh, oh god names i can't do names uh I'll come back to that if I remember. <laughs> Give us some clues <laughs> as to who you might be talking about. We'll see if we can work it out. Male or female? <laughs> Rose! 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 Goodness me, Rose. Thank you. Um, yeah, female. <laughs> Jackie's daughter. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Rose! Is it Rose? Yes! <laughs> Ding! Three points. <laughs> I just love the choices that people have been making for these characters. They're completely sideways a lot of the time but it still fits really well. Yes, I think um, uh, Sue's, Sue's Rose is, is definitely one of the standout characters because <laughs> you can see that the character, to a degree, is the same character as the one that was on TV. It's just extrapolated yeah. to the nth degree. Yep. You know, the bit at the end of Rise of the Cyberman Age of Steel when Mickey's about to depart and he goes... So, man, like, this is goodbye forever? Like, forever and ever and ever and ever? Yep, probably so. Oh, 
Well, good. Ta-da, honey. <laughs> I, I, I found somebody that really cares about me. That's nice. I'll just nod and look really sad. Yeah, you... But inside I'm saying, hell yes, hell Jesus. Yes. Bye-bye. I'll see you when I... I'll see you on the flip side, Mickey. Yeah. Just, you know, don't be, be don't be stupid. Don't stand in front of all the bullets. Goodbye, sweetie. Yeah. We all know those tears are just going to disappear real fast once we're out of sight of each other, huh? You know me all so well. Yep. Goodbye. You just go live it up. Oh, Doctor, I'm coming. Live it up with your spaceman. <laughs> Dumps him in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> this this character that she's yeah. supposedly you know involved with and in love with and yeah. just dumped in a split second. And it's kind of what Rose did, but well, yeah, exactly. It was heartfelt and drawn out with that, and she didn't want it to happen because she couldn't choose. Whereas our Rose is just. <laughs> A slut, basically. <laughs> so what the door hit you in the butt on the way out? Yeah, anyone and anyone. <laughs> uh, when, whenever I watch any of the episodes now, if it's something that that you guys have done, I now hear it yes. in your voices. <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, completely overwrites them. Them. I'm like, oh, oh no, this is really confusing now. <laughs> I had the pleasure not that long ago of meeting Camille Kajuri for the first time. And Jesus, sweetie. to hear her open her voice and not sound like Kerry <laughs> didn't, sound, <laughs> didn't sound right to me. <laughs> I like that every time somebody, like, or every time I tag myself in anything on Facebook, it comes up with that picture of you and her. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's me. That's, that's fine now. It's just the new me. The new you. The new me. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Okay, well that's part one concluded. Join us next week for part two for a few more questions. Uh, Have a good week. See you next time. (laughs) 